My name is Irene Bedard, and this is the original site of historic Jamestown, Virginia. Pocahontas was born near here 400 years ago. She was the daughter of the chief of a group of American Indian tribes called the Powhatans. Her real name was Matawaka, but she was always referred to by her nickname, Pocahontas, which meant little mischief. Now the thrilling events of her life have inspired Walt Disney Pictures to create their 33rd animated feature, a tale of passion and prejudice, of love and hope, the story of one of the great American heroines, the story of Pocahontas. Based on the fable and folklore that surrounds her story, Disney's Pocahontas features the voice talents of Mel Gibson's heroic Captain John Smith, David Ogden Stiers as greedy Governor Ratcliffe, Russell Means as Pocahontas' wise and loving father, Chief Powhatan, Academy Award winner Linda Hunt as the mystical grandmother Willow, and Broadway star Judy Kuhn as the singing voice of Pocahontas. Academy Award-winning composer Alan Menken and Tony Award-winning lyricist Stephen Schwartz have created seven new songs for the film. I am the voice of Pocahontas in the film, and I'm also your guide for this behind-the-scenes adventure into the making of a Disney animated feature. You are about to meet the artists, animators, and the creative talents who have joined forces to bring one of our country's earliest and most exciting romantic adventures to the screen. Disney animation has always been larger than life. Somehow, Disney artists have always been able to breathe realistic behavior and personality into their animated characters and come up with those great stories that touch our emotions and connect with something deep within us. With Pocahontas, the Disney Studios has broken new ground by basing an animated feature on a real person. The story is really Pocahontas' story, although we have taken some liberties with it. We knew that she was a bit younger when she met John Smith, and we show her in the film. But on the other hand, we felt like the, the relationship that developed by way of a love story, in addition to the relationship of two people from different civilizations, just added an emotional impact to what finally happens that, that makes it... I think a more dramatic telling of the story. Supervising animator Glenn Keane has been an important part of the Disney family for 20 years. He is the animator who brought the beast to life in Beauty and the Beast. And he put the bounce in Aladdin's step. But for Disney's Pocahontas, Glenn faced a new set of challenges. We've never before done a story that, uh, based on somebody who actually walked and, and lived here on Earth. All the other ones have been based on fairy tales and imaginary stories. This one is real. Pocahontas is the strongest heroine we've ever had in a Disney film. She is open, athletic, vivacious. She's also quite beautiful. She is the kind of person I think that would be everyone's best friend. Don't you think we're getting a, a little old for these games? Disney's Pocahontas is filled with excitement, drama, and romance. The story begins in 1607 with the departure of the Virginia Company from a London port. Their mission? Explore a new land called America under the direction of Governor John Ratcliffe and return with gold and any other riches they can find. They are accompanied by an experienced English soldier, Captain John Smith, 
whose duty is to provide security for the expedition. But Smith is an adventurer at heart, a man who is eager to explore new lands and face new challenges. This new world that John Smith and his settler friend Thomas were about to discover, the area surrounding the Jamestown settlement in Virginia, was populated by the Powhatan Indians. The Powhatans were deeply spiritual. Their culture was based on a strong appreciation and respect for nature and their environment. It is the clash between the values of these two civilizations, the Powhatans and the English, and the bond of love between the daughter of the Powhatan chief and an English rogue that is at the center of the story of Pocahontas. This monument stands on the original site of Jamestown, now owned and protected by the Association for the Preservation of Virginia Antiquities. This is the spot where 104 English colonists landed in 1607, the year Pocahontas and John Smith first met. Over the years, the story of the beautiful Pocahontas and the dashing Captain Smith has evolved into an epic romantic legend, a blend of historical fact and romanticized fantasy. But there's a great deal of disagreement among many historians about the true details of this event. Though the film was inspired by the folklore and fables surrounding the legend of Pocahontas, Disney filmmakers knew that the character of Pocahontas was at the heart of the story. They realized somehow they would have to get to know her if they were going to capture her spirit. Susan Constant at Jamestown Settlement in Virginia, a living history museum located next to the site of the original Jamestown. This Susan Constant is a full-scale replica of one of the three ships that brought Captain John Smith and the English colonists to Virginia. In 1607, the English believed that the New World was a place to find fortune and glory. But what did Pocahontas think when she first saw the billowing sails of the Susan Constant? That was one of the first questions the Disney filmmakers asked when they began work on the film. How would Pocahontas react to the English settlers? What would she think? What would she feel? What kind of person was Pocahontas? Before they could tell her story, they would have to get to know her. We were trying to really find Pocahontas' tone. We knew we wanted her to be a very spiritual person, somebody who has a connection with nature all the time and whose thoughts run deeper than might seem at surface. But she also always had a playful side, a mischievous side, that we also wanted to capitalize upon for the entertainment value of that. So it took the fine balance to find who Pocahontas was. The Disney creative team knew right away that the legend of Pocahontas had all of the ingredients of a great film. They began to develop the script and storyline by conducting intensive research into Pocahontas' story. At the same time, art director Mike Giamo had to figure out how the film should look. We feel that we've really pushed a lot of boundaries in this film in terms of design and color. An art director is responsible in an animated film for coordinating all the visual elements in a movie. So it deals with the grand scale and the small in terms of environment. But I also deal with all the color palettes in the film, costuming of characters, and coordinating the design of the characters with the design of the environment to create a look that's total and whole and unified. To ensure that the feeling and tone of Pocahontas accurately reflected the spirit of the Native Americans depicted in the film, the filmmakers consulted with a variety of technical experts, historians, and Native American leaders. Actor Russell Means has been active in Native American issues for years. 
The filmmakers cast Russell in the role of Chief Powhatan, the leader of his tribe and the father of Pocahontas. They also consulted with him to ensure that they were accurate in the way the film depicted early Native Americans. I mentioned that all the dwellings face east, so they all face in one direction. So if you'll notice in, in the script that the dwellings all do face one direction. They're not all a hodgepodge. Address one another by relationships rather than by names. That's specifically true with Powhatan and his interaction with his daughter. My daughter. Wingapo, father. Seeing you gives me great joy. Those are just some of the little things that uh, the producer and directors listen to. So I'm very pleased with this and very proud is the, uh, the optimum word that I want to use. I'm very proud to be associated with it. I, I just can't get over the fact that the, the truth is being told here. When I read the script, I was impressed with the beginning of the film. In fact, I'm overwhelmed by it. This is the fine, the single most finest work done on American Indians by Hollywood ever. Something's about to happen. Something exciting. This is the first Disney film based on a historical event, where we actually have, you know, people, you know, buried in graves somewhere who did these things that we are now dramatizing. Our movie is based not just on the uh, on what is known, but also on the folklore and legend that surround Pocahontas. Uh, there's not a lot of first-hand material that is available. In fact, the famous incident in the movie of Pocahontas saving John Smith's life, there's controversy among historians whether or not it really happened. So we felt that since historians among themselves can't agree, that we, you know, we had a certain amount of license to uh, uh, use what is known from the folklore to create this story. The Disney animators knew that somehow they had to capture the personality and character of Pocahontas. Animator Glenn Keane traveled to Virginia to absorb the ambiance of the actual location of the story. At the early stage, you have to find something that's going to inspire you. In, in the case of Pocahontas, I thought, I need to go to Jamestown. I need to go to Jamestown to, to experience whatever might happen. So I went down there, and uh, I remember walking around out in the woods, uh, picturing Maybe it was right under these trees here that John Smith was waiting for Pocahontas. The more they learned, the more Pocahontas' story captivated the imaginations of the Disney filmmakers. But to make the characters completely believable, they had to find the right actors to provide the characters' voices. While the animators could capture the image of the characters, the actors had to capture their spirit. If you walk the footsteps of a stranger, you'll learn things you never knew you never knew. That's one of lyricist Stephen Schwartz's favorite lines from The Colors of the Wind, one of the new songs written by him and composer Alan Menken for the film Pocahontas. That line is really at the heart of the film because it means that if you try to see things from someone else's point of view, you will gain a great wisdom and a deep understanding of others. When actors are asked to perform a character voice in a Disney animated film, they're not being asked to merely read words. They are being asked to totally focus their acting talents on bringing their particular character to life. And when an actor really gets under the skin of his character, he may learn things he never knew he never knew. 
it's a good deal more complicated than, than I would have imagined. It's all just a process of like experimentation and so on. They have a pretty clear idea of what they want when they come in, and they communicate that to me as an actor as best they could. It's like cutting off some of your senses and just using one aspect of yourself, and, and you have to use a lot more imagination. There's a world of possibilities there in animation that don't exist elsewhere, and they're all at someone's fingertips. <laughs> He's back. Come on, Miko. I loved my role as the speaking voice of Pocahontas. I think the story of Pocahontas is one of the most beautiful love stories ever told. She brought a depth to the performance of Pocahontas that uh, is different than, say, with uh, Ariel or Jasmine or Belle. Pocahontas is, is more of a woman instead of, of a teenager. And there's got to be uh, sincerity in the way she speaks. This is how we say hello. Wingapo. Like everything else in this picture, less is more. And Irene gave a performance that was, that was very controlled and confident. Uh, it fit perfectly with Pocahontas. Another voice fit perfectly with Pocahontas as well. The beautiful singing voice of Judy Kuhn. I guess I didn't realize what incredibly complicated and painstaking process it is and how many layers there are as the thing evolves. You know, I guess maybe I thought I'd just go into the studio and sing a song and that would be the end of that, but it's more complicated and involved than that. And it, it's a much bigger challenge than that. David Ogden Stiers was challenged to play two parts. Well, David is just a great actor. I mean, he is, uh, he not only plays Ratcliffe, he also plays his manservant, Wiggins. So he, we have recording sessions where he played both parts opposite himself. Oh, I, I, I made it myself. Take that silly. Just, it's all focus and concentration. Uh, it was a little while before, before someone uh, of, uh, rather well placed at Disney did not know the other actor's voice knew that I was doing Radcliffe but wasn't sure who was who was playing Wiggins and that's a slice of heaven when I see you wear that necklace you look just like your mother I don't think there's anybody on the planet who could have given Palatin's voice the warmth the depth and and the scope than Russell means when we had him in to to read a couple of lines for us we were all blown away by the depth that he brought. Whenever the wind moves through the trees, I feel her presence. I looked at uh, Powhatan and at my own ancestors in trying to capture his spirit. And I was able to, uh, to identify with Powhatan and become part of him. Uh, it was actually very easy because He's my role model. Hello, John Smith. Pocahontas, that tree is talking to me. Then you should talk back. Casting the human characters was challenging enough, but how do you find someone to play a 400-year-old tree? Well, you find an Academy Award-winning actress named Linda Hunt. We wanted a tree that sounded 400 years old, but with a great deal of liveliness. So she managed to do both of those things and give Grandmother Willow a humorous edge 
as well as being a spiritual guide for Pocahontas. He has a good soul. And he's handsome, too. Oh, I like her. She knew exactly how to read each line. She had very strong opinions on it. And she was always dead on. She's just a tremendous actress. They put hidden video cameras around the place and they catch you reading. And every now and then you catch in the cartoon itself, you catch that they've stolen an expression off your face. You can see what they've done. It's very clever, very clever. Watching a Disney animated film is like watching a magic trick. Audiences can get so absorbed in the movie that they actually begin to feel what the characters are feeling. Bringing a Disney animated feature to life takes a lot of talent and hard work. But there are a few secrets that we are about to discover. In the film, Pocahontas senses she's on the verge of a great personal discovery. She believes that something is waiting for her, just around the river bend. Making a Disney animated feature is a journey filled with discovery for everyone. The artists, animators, and all the technicians who work behind the scenes. Each new film has its own unique set of challenges that must be overcome before the final product can be put before the public. There is no instruction manual on how to do it. Each project is a new experience. So, what is the secret? How do the Disney artists keep making such good movies? I think part of the magic of Disney animation is the fact that one goes through an evolutionary process of it doesn't work, 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 and finally it works with changing it over and over again. I think the secret is of being open to change. Never get married to your own ideas. I can't draw without really feeling it and believing it. Eric Larson, one of the old timers in animation, kept saying to me, Glenn, you've got to animate with sincerity. Okay, animate with sincerity. I put my pencil down the paper and what does that mean? Do you press harder on the pencil? Do you grit your teeth more? I mean, what is sincerity? And as I listened to these guys talk about Pinocchio and Snow White, and I found out that they weren't referring to cartoon characters. These were real people that they knew. They just happened to be drawings. When I first started, I thought animation was about a lot of uh, moving drawings. And I find that that's not what it's about. It's not about moving drawings. It's about drawings that move people. Supervising animator John Pomeroy is a history buff who has done extensive reading about early America, including the actual autobiographical writings and journals of the real Captain John Smith. It's the amount of substance that the animator will craft into the character. Sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's hidden. Um, but it radiates a certain spirit or life force that convinces the viewer that this two-dimensional artwork is alive, living, and breathing. Consequently, we get the audience to bite off on it and we engage in that wonderful, willing suspension of disbelief. The supervising animator for Governor Ratcliffe found a way to create personality from geometry. Well, largely he's greedy and uh, corrupt, and uh, he uh, sort of represents an effete aristocracy. So we translate those character traits into geometrical shapes. That's basically how it arrives. In the earlier versions of Ratcliffe, he was much more pear-shaped. As we realized, he was turning into more of a nasty villain in the development. We raised his center of gravity to his chest, so he seems more pompous and nasty and arrogant and physically menacing. We will eliminate these savages once and for all. 
You like it, eh? Miko's supervising animator, Nick Ranieri, drew his inspiration from himself. I think you just basically put yourself into that position. It sounds cliche, but you actually have to become the character. And Pocahontas says something to you, how would you react without actually saying something? You get upset, uh, considering you think of your personality as I'm always hungry and she says this to me, or John Smith doesn't have any more biscuits and I'm like, <sighs> you know, I'm really upset. I just sort of try to get it from within and use uh, whatever acting skills I have. Dave Brooksma studied films on hummingbirds to come up with all the right moves for Flit. I studied hummingbirds to determine how they moved and what made a hummingbird unique in its movement. And then I tried to adapt a personality to fit that, a nervous staccato movement. And I did a, a, a several second test of Flit on a twig where he's looking around and, and uh, reacting to things off stage. And uh, when uh, many of the, the lead people at the studio saw that, they realized that this character could come alive. And through, on the strength of that test, uh, he was added to the story. Some animators are inspired by the performance of the actor playing the part of the character they're drawing. Some animators look to other classic Disney films for inspiration, while others research and experiment and think about the character they're working on for a very long time. But veteran Disney animator Ruben Aquino, supervising animator of Powhatan, has learned to trust magic. It feels great, especially when the audience reacts the way you hoped they would react. Um, you know, if, um, if they laugh at the right places and uh, sigh at the right places and go cheering at the right places, um, it's a great feeling. It's like you created magic, you know, although you hear that word all the time. It's still a word we use all the time when we're talking about what we do because we still have that pixie dust, you know. Americans used drums to communicate. Their rhythms carried messages and were full of meaning. In Pocahontas, there are seven new songs from Academy Award-winning composer Alan Menken and Tony Award-winning lyricist Stephen Schwartz. These songs help communicate what the characters are thinking and feeling. They're songs that carry messages and are full of meaning. Ever since The Little Mermaid, Alan Menken has been giving his own kind of special meaning to Disney animated films through his Academy Award-winning musical scores. His successful partnership with the Walt Disney Studios has continued through Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and now Pocahontas. He knows how important it is to be brought into each new project from the start. You really want to tell the story through song and conceive a score that creates a world that opens up a whole world. And so you can't do that kind of thing just overlaid over another story. You need to be right there from the very beginning. We'll look through the whole story of the uh, of the show and say, um, okay, well, I think we'll do a song there and um, this should probably be a song for the villain here and so on. And it's however many songs um, the, piece, the piece seems to need. There's not much difference between writing animated films and, and stage. You basically still have to tell a very similar kind of story. Just around the river bend. Just around the river bend. When Pocahontas realizes that she's different, that she wants something more, that's a musicalization moment. And uh, Just Around the River Bend is the song that she sings there. Just around the river bend. 
Another memorable Mencken Schwartz song from Pocahontas is a beautiful love ballad, If I Never Knew You, performed by Shanice Wilson and John Cicada. I'd have lived my whole life I've been a big, big fan of all the uh, animated films that Disney has done in the last few years. I think they're magical. They really are. First song we wrote was Colors of the Wind. It's a very good song. I, you can feel those things. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue or moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you sing with all the voices of a mountain? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? It's a song with, I think, both a very strong musical identity and a strong thematic identity. It galvanized Pocahontas. It lifted everything. There's a certain way when something works and something functions and really helps the story in a really powerful way, it elevates that work. And I just, Colors obviously felt like an important song from an important project. I guess I'm really proud of uh, Colors of the Wind. I like it when, when I'm able to find a way to say something in, a, in an unexpected but very simple way. You can own the earth and still all you'll own is earth until you can paint with all the colors of the Sometimes, during the process of creative discovery, a few things might just happen. The animators call them creative accidents, but unfortunately they are rare. Typically, the magic of Disney animation is the result of hard effort, tireless experimentation, and a commitment to continually push the work forward to achieve the best result possible. Each Disney animator has their own unique way of solving creative problems. But regardless of the method they choose to reach their goal, all of the creative people we've met here really enjoy what they're doing. And that's the greatest secret of all. Because making Disney's Pocahontas was truly a labor of love. I'm Irene Bedard, and thank you for watching.
It would feature human characters and it would contain a beautiful musical score. Now, Walt Disney Pictures' newest animated feature is ready for audiences everywhere to enjoy. The film is Pocahontas. And on this program, we'll take you behind the scenes with the directors, animators, actors, and musicians who contributed to the creation of this classic story of two different worlds and of love conquering all. America of 1607 was an enchanted land of unspoiled beauty and mystery. It was populated by a noble race of people who lived in harmony with the earth and whose deep spiritual beliefs were strongly aligned with this natural world. Pocahontas was the beautiful and restless daughter of Chief Powhatan, the leader of these tradition-bound people. Her tragic and eventful life is legend to every American schoolchild. And when the filmmakers at Walt Disney Pictures decided to bring her story to life, they were challenged with creating their first animated feature based on a real person and an actual historical event. The coming of the English explorers and the dashing young captain who would change Pocahontas' life forever. But the story of Pocahontas is as much legend as it is fact. Poets and painters have fantasized for years about the beautiful Indian princess who lived in an enchanted forest. And it is this blend of history and fantasy that Walt Disney Pictures has brought to life. Our story begins with the English settlers sailing against the elements toward this new land in search of gold and adventure. They are led by the greedy governor of the Virginia Company, John Ratcliffe. Trouble on deck. And by their captain, the rugged and adventurous John Smith. Steady on your course. It's all right, Thomas. We'll get her tied off. Meanwhile, in the enchanted forest, Pocahontas ponders her future with the stern warrior her father has chosen as her husband. I think my dream is pointing me down another path. This is the right path for you. She can't shake the feeling that someone is coming, that something is about to happen. You've got the story of two worlds, complete opposites, coming together, told through the eyes of two people. So we'd intercut the ship of the men and John Smith landing, and as his foot's hitting the shore, Pocahontas is coming up a rock, setting sight on John Smith for the first time. I think we're telling the story of two people who make a connection with each other, not the least of which because they're both risk-takers in their own world. They do a kind of cat-and-mouse game with one another in terms of her sneaking around trying to get a better look at him, and him thinking he's being stalked by an Indian and what's going to happen when those two worlds collide. And there they are standing. These people, have, they don't have a common language. They don't have common history of any sort. They don't have a common, really a common thing in anything except the fact that it's a man and a woman who are destined to be together. It's all right. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, his own man who wants to forge his own life, who's very capable, especially in tough situations. And one gets the idea that he's experienced a few tough situations before. Um, 
and that he's also a man with something to learn. Uh, and he's intelligent enough to pick that up and, and to actually learn something and to change. This is how we say hello. Wingapo. Wingapo. I think John Smith is basically a good guy who has a little bit of cultural rethinking to do, <laughs> courtesy of Pocahontas. Wait, wait. There's so much we can teach you. We've improved the lives of savages all over the world. Savages? Uh, not that you're a savage. Just my people. No. Pocahontas takes John Smith into her world and helps him to look at it in a different way. And I think because he has the capacity to change, she falls in love with him. From the very beginning of this project, the filmmakers were determined to make a movie which would be both entertaining and true to history. But many of the events surrounding Pocahontas' life were not well documented, and the filmmakers were faced with the task of piecing together these events from many different sources. I hereby claim this land and all its riches in the name of His Majesty King James I. We spent a lot of time talking to Native Americans and to historians. There's not a lot of first-hand material that is available. Uh, it was an oral tradition, so there's not, nothing really written that's been handed down. And the accounts from the British historians has to be looked at as somewhat biased. And do so name this settlement Jamestown. So we felt that since historians among themselves can't agree, that we, you know, we had a certain amount of license to use what is known from the folklore to create this story. These pale visitors are strange to us. Take some men to the river to observe them. Let us hope they do not intend to stay. The conflict arises because the more these two uh, meet and fall in love, the closer they get, the further apart their two worlds get and you end up uh, with a terrible climax of war that they must try to stop. While Walt Disney Pictures has broken new ground with Pocahontas, telling the story of real characters and historical events, the challenge for the animators was actually creating these human characters while maintaining the fairy tale quality that we've come to expect from a Disney animated film. I guess the thing that I learned from the old guys that taught me was that whatever you animate, you have to animate it with sincerity. You have to believe in it. It has to be real to you. And for Pocahontas, she's different than any of those others because they're all fairy tales. There was no Little Mermaid, and there was no Beast, and there was no Aladdin. Pocahontas is buried somewhere in England. Your first image of Pocahontas, you see her standing up high on a cliff right at the edge of a waterfall. The pose tells you volumes about her, that this is a hero like we've never had a hero. So I just kept trying to imagine this real girl here in the forest. I'd walk off into the woods and just kind of just close my eyes and try to picture this girl running wild through the, through the woods. Smith and Pocahontas me uh, is has got to be one of my most uh, satisfying moments in animation. It's not about moving drawings; it's about drawings that move people. And this scene is moving the audience to feel something that they know is real, and deep down inside, they're experiencing it. We've gone 
known for the cool blues and light aquas of a waterfall. And uh, we felt this would create a really romantic mood in which to place Pocahontas and John Smith. And they will read very warm against that. And then you'll have mist coming up, which will sort of create almost a never-never land that they're in, as if time has stopped for a moment. No! Wait! Please! John Pomeroy is the supervising animator of John Smith. For him, the job was a realization of a dream. Glenn and I have known each other for over 20 years, and we've wanted to work together on a picture together for a long time. But now we finally got our chance, and we were playing opposite each other in these wonderful roles. With the kiss, it was tough because her nose crossed over top of his, and I had to make sure that her nose wasn't pushing too hard against his face, and, and sometimes he wanted Smith's face to move a little bit further, and then I had to back off and erase her nose because I had it scrunched a little too much. You know, John will make his pass through the scene and rough in some indication of Pocahontas as John Smith is kissing her, then he'll give it back to me. I'll draw Pocahontas kissing him, and then I give it back to him. It's just kind of back and forth. It's, um, it's like a football game. Pocahontas. One doesn't usually associate you know, that kind of physical attraction and stuff with animated features, but it, it does, uh, it does work in this. I mean, Pocahontas is a babe in this, I mean, she, you have to say it. <laughs> I was out scouting the terrain, sir. We'll need that information for the battle. What? We will eliminate these savages once and for all. We don't have to fight them. The Smith character is a mirror of my own personal life. There are many things about the man that I personally felt akin to for some reason. It's a real, very, very interesting connection I was able to make with that character, which I've never done before in all the years I've worked in animation. I've never been a popular man. Not all the animators felt such a personal connection with their character. Duncan Marjorie Banks was the supervising animator for the overbearing Governor Ratcliffe. Success will be mine at last. Largely he's greedy and corrupt and sort of represents an effete aristocracy. So we sort of translate those character traits into geometrical shapes. In the earlier versions of Ratcliffe, he was much more pear-shaped. As we realized he was turning into more of a nasty villain in development, we raised his center of gravity to his chest, so he seems more pompous and nasty and arrogant and physically menacing. Now's our chance! Fire! It's a trick, don't you see? Fire! Pocahontas, the movement of the characters is extremely detailed and lifelike. Mary Kokum? And Pocahontas's animal friends, Miko the raccoon and Flit the hummingbird, both exhibit incredibly natural characteristics while still maintaining the lovable personality traits that are a tradition in Disney animated features. Okay. 
I studied hummingbirds to determine how they moved and what made a hummingbird unique in its movement. And then I tried to adapt the personality to fit that, a nervous staccato movement. And uh, when many of the lead people at the studio saw that, they realized that this character could come alive. And on the strength of that test, he was added to the story. Yeah, I remember you. I'll need those witless peasants to dig up my gold. <laughs> Governor Ratcliffe's dog, the pugnacious pug Percy, provides the perfect target for Flick and Rico. And in a break with Disney animation tradition, the animals in Pocahontas don't speak. Well, how do you do, Miko? Voices in the animals just didn't seem to fit. It seemed to be better if they were mute, so to speak, or if they were more natural, like uh, real animals would be. So we decided, well, let's take their voices away and make them pantomime characters to put them in a more naturalistic setting. They're still funny, but they get all their yaks from how they act, how they move. Not that way. The naturalistic setting for Pocahontas and the range of human emotions that the characters experience clearly had a profound effect on the animators. It was as if we were really living out what was happening on screen. And that becomes a terrific inspiration and motivational drive in trying to perfect what you're creating on film in your animation. Because now you, you don't tap from a fantasy source. You don't try to make believe. You are literally creating from life, which is the best source anyway. we've seen how artists and animators work together to bring passion and sincerity to their creations. But to bring the characters completely to life, the filmmakers had to find the right actors to provide the voices. And when an actor is asked to perform a character voice in a Disney film, they're not being asked to merely read the words, but to completely embody a character that will live on for generations. Steady as in our quest to try and cast Native Americans, we scoured the entire country for this. And we had casting directors, we had uh, tapes coming in from people and saying, we are looking for and finally finding Irene Bedard. And Irene actually fit the role brilliantly for what we wanted. Flit, he's back. Come on, Miko, he's back, Flit. Come on, Miko. Pocahontas is, is more of a woman instead of, of a teenager. And there's got to be sincerity and an ability in the way she speaks and a controlled palette of the, of the up and down uh, voice inflections. She had a little Italian at the end. <laughs> like the acting, like everything else in this picture, less is more. And Irene gave a performance that was, that was very controlled and confident. Uh, it fit perfectly with Pocahontas. But Grandmother Willow, what is my path? How am I ever going to find it? All around you are spirits, child. If you listen, they will guide you. You just have to listen to yourself correctly. Listen to your heart, you know, because that's, that's really what it comes down to. Having found their ideal Pocahontas, 
the filmmakers turned their attentions to the other side of this romantic tale, Captain John Smith. And who better for that role than Mel Gibson? That's right. I'm not about to let you boys have all the fun. Mel is that swashbuckling, carefree, wonderful kind of guy. And our goal is never to go cast celebrities. Our goal is to cast the correct voice. Hey, what? All right. All right. I'm leaving. Why don't you go and pick on someone your own size? I think Mel brought to us a real sense of that character, John Smith, and we were very excited by the fact that he wanted to do it. You don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? You want to know what the images are that you're uh, speaking over and to help add more life to it. And, and if you're not uh, adding enough life to it, they soon enough let you know. It's kind of like cutting off some of your senses and just using one aspect of yourself, and, and you have to use a lot more imagination. I'm John Smith. And what is your name? My name is Pocahontas. Well, how do you do, Pocahontas? Uh, it's a handshake. Here, let me show you. Nothing's happening. Uh, no, no, I need your hand first. Although the original dialogue and lyrics for Pocahontas were written in English, the audience for the film is not limited to English-speaking countries, so Pocahontas will be translated into no less than 28 different languages, including Czech, Slovak, Polish, Cantonese, Arabic, even Hindi. It is the task of hundreds of directors, actors, and technicians working in their native languages to bring the story of Pocahontas to audiences around the world. Buenos dias, pequeña. And the translator is really the key to the foreign language dubs because they have to take an American joke with a double meaning and then adapt that into their language and fit it in the lip sync in the same, or approximately the same amount of syllables. Oh, puedes ver do you think we'll meet some savages? If we do, we shall be sure to give them a proper English greeting. Oh, gift baskets. Mm, he came so highly recommended. It may be hard to imagine the amount of hard work that goes into the creation of all the different versions of Pocahontas, but it's not hard to imagine how enjoyable it is for audiences to hear the characters speak and sing in their native language. I always feel that when we finish the picture, it is not an American film that's been dubbed in another language. This is a German film. It's a French film. It's those kids that come to see it and the adults. This is their culture, their history, their film. Even if it's about an American subject, it's something that they create. And to me, that's the way it should be. Historically, music and song have been at the very heart of Disney animated features. And in true Disney tradition, Pocahontas includes enchanting and memorable music. Composer Alan Menken received six Academy Awards for his contributions to Disney's The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. 
Lyricist Stephen Schwartz is a Broadway veteran whose work on Pippin and Godspell helped make those shows Broadway classics. This musical dream team has created a collection of songs for Pocahontas that is certain to stand among Disney's very best. is a great composer and understands, you know, film and, and the theater. And Stephen is a wonderful lyricist and he's a composer in his own right. Uh, and whatever it is, whatever magic happens in any collaboration happened here. And I'm very grateful for that. They began by diving into research. Do you want to feel it's expanding a little okay, bit? Okay, I can do that. Yeah. When we first did research for Pocahontas, we wanted to avoid doing the kind of music that was boom, 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 just kind of the cliche Native American music. And Stephen Schwartz and I got a lot of tapes and a lot of records and listened to a lot of Native American music and found throughout a lot of boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the cliche has some authenticity to it. We have an Indian chant called Steady's the Beating Drum, which segues right out of Virginia Company, and that's, of course, to show the other side. And what uh, we were trying to do there was, first of all, to musically, to give a feel for, for what the Native American music sounded like or what our interpretation of it was. So it's much uh, more rhythmic and much more of the earth, if you will. in the story that are sort of part of the, the musical formula. When Pocahontas realizes that she's different, that she wants something more, that's a musicalization moment. And uh, Just Around the River Band is the song she sings there. Pocahontas imparts her worldview to John Smith. That's a very important moment when they first connect, and it's called Cohen's in the Wind. The first song I heard was Colors of the Wind, and it was almost three years ago. I was happened to be in Jamestown for the first time, and uh, Stephen Schwartz, the lyricist, brought the tape down, and I knew when I heard it, it was a great song. It had great emotion. It made me cry, actually. So. The song is, is a message song. Um, it's about respecting the environment and respecting our world. And uh, you know, it says, can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Can you see in the world around us all the, the rich array of, of blessings that are there? And can you, can you coexist with them and um, treasure them as you should? was a very creative process and it really is a challenge you have to really think about what all the details of the performance are and you know knowing that it's forever and that it's probably more people will hear my work in this movie than anything I've ever done it's a bit daunting um, so you really want to make it right have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon It was just one of those magical things that happened where we knew, really knew what we wanted to say, we knew who this person was, 
um, we were able to find the parts of ourselves that um, beat in synchronicity, if you will, with Pocahontas on these particular uh, thoughts, and it just happened. You can these songs for a long time actually before the movie comes out we listen to them over and over and over and over again and i don't think i ever get tired of hearing that song i'm incredibly pleased with that i think it may be the best song i've ever been involved in writing i think it may be one of the best lyrics i've ever written too well, <laughs> gorgeous <laughs> Mel Gibson chose to handle the vocal chores himself for John Smith. I'm a confirmed kind of like shower singer. And that's kind of where I wanted to leave it. But I thought, what the hell, I'd give it a whack. And uh, there's something refreshing about trying something new and even, you know, stepping out of the shower. It's all about the work for both Steve and me. I think we've both been through enough so we know that the work is what we value. The result is what will live with us for the rest of our lives. Clearly, for everyone involved in the making of this film, it's all about the work. But with the story of a young Native American girl named Pocahontas, whether legend or fact, this film has a special meaning for each and every individual involved. So I think our goal is to always tell great stories with great characters and push the boundaries of animation one step further. And I think whether it be The Lion King or Aladdin, and not Pocahontas. I think we've done that now consistently for the last 10 years. I just would hope that people will come away learning, one, to follow their heart, and two, that fear is the major detriment to pretty much about everything. I mean, a, a prejudice is based on fear. Pocahontas pushes the boundaries of animation, and more. It also pushes the boundaries of our imaginations, taking us somewhere we've never been before. We are making films that are good for anybody who's in the theater. They're kids, sure, but teenagers and parents and their parents and so on and so on. Uh, and there's no, it's harder probably to make a film that way. Uh, but it's definitely worth doing when you get it right. Earth is just a dead thing you can claim But I know every rock and tree and creature Has a life, has a spirit, has a name Cut it down.